0: What is up, goalies? We are back with another episode of the Goal Line, talking the put, putting the bow on week eight here in the NFL. We're watching the Giants and the Raiders.
1: Jordan, what is going on, man? Oh, you know, just another night. I, I really didn't think that goalies thing was going to stick, but it appears you're going to try to make it stick, huh? <laughs> hey. I mean, have we come up with something better, dude? No.
0: I kind of like it, dude. I kind of like the goalies. I was still just workshopping it. That was the first time I really busted it out to see how it felt. I, I very rarely go back and listen to any of our podcasts, but I, I might go back and listen to this one just to see how it sounds. And you guys, let us know, man. I didn't. We got we got some solid feedback on the show last week, but didn't hear uh, didn't hear much about the actual goalies thing. So let us know if y'all like being referred to as the goalies. Um, it's really ironic, man. We're just coming off a Jared Goff pick six. Uh, we had we were. We were pre-gaming, and we were saying, you know, as close as this Lions-Raiders game was looking at halftime, we were thinking we were probably a Jimmy G turnover away from the Lions, blowing it open, but now it looks like we're going to have a good one to kind of keep an eye on as we discuss everything from from Week 8.
1: Yeah, it, uh, it's an interesting game, no no doubt. I was, I'm was i surprised it's this close, but, you know, with Jared Goff and, and uh, Garoppolo, you're only about two seconds away from an exciting play for either team.
0: Yeah, I, to me the Lions still just can't be trusted. As good as they've looked this year, it's it's something. I think it's something in the walls there in Detroit, man. It's just baked in. the the uh, uh, You know, danger is around every corner.
1: You think it's just like seeping through the walls.
0: yeah dude it's in the paint or something there i don't know man it's just yeah they've just it's there's just been so much losing there over the last 30 years a lot of great players man i mean dude you had you had barry sanders Think, think about this man as crappy as the lions have been they've had a running back who has got a very strong case for his best running back of all time and they had a wide receiver who's at least got you know he's got his name in the hat for best wide receiver of all time and they've still never done shit
1: Yeah, you really got to feel kind of feel for them. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things like, dude, they just, no matter what they do, you can never feel confident going into a Lions game. Like, the entire other team could have, like, crashed into the mountains the day before, and you still don't know if you're going to feel good about them winning. <laughs> I mean, dude,
0: think about this, dude, just as as general fans. We're not Detroit fans at all, man. We're just general, you know, fans of the game of football. They have robbed us of years of Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. Both of those guys went out at, you know, if they weren't at their absolute peak, they were damn well close to it. And they both retired because they just got sick of the freaking losing. Yeah, dude. Poor Lions fans, man. Dude, I I feel for them. Yeah, definitely, man. This is not a a Lions exclusive podcast. We're going to be talking everything in the NFL with a little sprinkle of college action. Uh, Jordan, before we get into it, remind the listeners where they can find us on social media.
1: So you can find us on Twitter, X at goal underscore line underscore pod. And then you can find us on Instagram at the goal line football show.
0: And I want to say appreciate all you guys that have migrated over from the Chick Foley show feeds. You know, we love all our Foley fan, but it's been nice seeing the numbers going up on the exclusive feed week after week. So thank you guys for showing love. Continue to, uh, you know, share this with your friends. Let them know if you're looking for an easy listen, uh, you know, a little bit of humor sprinkled in. And, and if you're a wrestling fan, we, tr- we try to get some wrestling references in as well. Uh, just, you know, send your friends a, a link because we're, we're proud of what we're doing and we think they'll like it. Um, and I think the other thing, you know, the kind of secret sauce of this show, we're got to be damn near the first podcast out because this thing is dropping literally within 15, 20 minutes of Monday Night Football ending. So if you're looking for a recap for the week of football, I think that's one angle we definitely got you covered on being the uh, the first to to get live on all the feeds.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we do our best to get it out right away. And I mean, shit, a lot of times you're getting this with live reaction right after the game gets it right as the game's getting over too. So it's not like it's just everything from Sunday. Like a lot of times you're getting our live reaction on the end of the Monday night game. So yeah, it's, it's, I think it's cool. And I, I've i got some feedback on that, that everybody thinks it's cool when we mention the Monday night game as it's going on. So
0: yeah, and we'll kind of, you know, just as a little thank you for all the, the love and support we've gotten so far, I'll go in with the cat out of the bag. The goal line is going to be year round, so we haven't exactly figured out what we're going to do once the NFL wraps up after the Super Bowl. We're thinking maybe do like a bi-weekly type thing where we, you know, you know, just do a wrap up of all the big NFL stories for the past couple of weeks, but also, you know, tie in some, some other sports coverage, but but this thing's gonna keep going, so don't you know? Don't feel like you got to jump ship as soon as uh as soon as the Super Bowl wraps up. This is gonna be a year round thing. We're having a ton of fun doing it, and you know all the love and support we get from you guys just helps kind of fuel the fire. So, so thanks a lot for that, uh, Jordan. We got any other housekeeping? Or are you ready to get into
1: the week in football? Uh, I am ready to talk some football. Well, there is no better place to start than this. The Broncos beat the Chiefs yesterday for the first time in eight <laughs> years. And, okay, so I was listening to the radio on my way home from work today. Yes, we do do um, some some cross-promotion uh, cross, cross promotion and thinking about uh, or listening to other shows. But somebody, like, kind of pointed it out how well Russell Wilson is playing this year. And I, I, I know you had mentioned it a couple weeks ago. But he's got a better touchdown-to-interception ratio than Mahomes right now. So, as of right now, Russell Wilson is 16 touchdowns to 4 interceptions, and Mahomes is 15 touchdowns to 8 interceptions. So, I don't know, man. And and you mentioned it yesterday, dude, when when she's not in the house, we're not gonna mention her name, but when the <laughs> when the celebrity's not in the house, this team does not look the same, man. Like it, it just doesn't for some reason the game just doesn't feel like they care about it unless she's there. Um, and Kelsey's averaging like sixty yards less a game when she's not in the house. So I don't know, man. Something to it, I guess. I mean, you know,
0: I I talked about it on our first debut episode, My Football Career flamed out, uh, you know, after high school, but I definitely remember even through middle through junior high and high school, dude, if I, if I had a girlfriend, especially if it was a brand new girlfriend, like if it was my first game with a new girlfriend in the stands, I I always balled out. I want to make sure my name was getting called out on the PA system, you know, as much as possible. So I can kind of, yeah, I think that's just something universal amongst dudes, uh, no matter if you're, you know, down in junior high or up in the, the NFL, um Russell Wilson is he's playing very efficient man. I think that's probably the best way to describe it. If you look at the the yards per attempt and the actual yards per game, it's pretty low volume. I think they're you know, I think Sean Payton's just got him playing a very conservative style of offense, but you saw it yesterday, dude, he only had I think 120 something yards passing but three touchdowns, no interceptions, man. No aside from a lost fumble, no big mistakes and he's playing good. It's, it's really the defense that has let them down this year, man. Russell Wilson's been He's been good. He hasn't been like 2015 Russell Wilson or anything like that, but he's been good. Uh, It's been the defense that's let him down so far. But, you know, I felt like yesterday was a season saving win, man. The vibes were very negative coming out of Denver, especially as much shit as Sean Payton was talking in the offseason. You know, they gave up 70 to the uh, Dolphins, but. This, I mean the the Chiefs had basically a freaking perfect season going against the Broncos at this point, sixteen and zero. Uh, you know, to to put it in perspective, dude, the, the starting quarterback for the Broncos the last time they beat the Chiefs prior to this was Peyton Manning. Um, Obama was still in office the last time that the the Broncos beat the Chiefs. So I it really felt like this was you know if nothing else happens, they can at least hang their hat on this for year one of Sean Payton. They finally beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs.
1: So, that was my thing with the Broncos the first couple weeks. Like, they were trying to be something they're not. Like, we're not getting – like you said, we're not getting Russell Wilson, a a Super Bowl MVP Russell Wilson. They don't need that Russell Wilson. They just need to, like, slow down the game, make it a slog, make it an ugly game. Like, that's how they're going to win. They can't have their defense on the field for 45 minutes. They need to control the clock. That's the only way they're going to win. And they just uglied that game up yesterday. And, dude, I'm not going to lie to you. I I said this a couple weeks ago. I am a tad concerned about the Chiefs offense at this point. I mean, I know they just had that really good game. And usually when I mention this, the Chiefs go off the next week. So congratulations to Chiefs fans and Chiefs (laughs) fantasy owners this week if they go off. It's
0: been very – it's been less than impressive, though, for sure.
1: I mean, like, usually a Mahomes-led offense, you're you're expecting some fireworks every week, and I, I feel like we're getting fireworks, like, once every three games. Now, granted, they do play the Dolphins this week, so I got a feeling it's coming this week, but I don't know, man. There's there's something behind that. There, we said it a couple weeks ago. Their defense is the reason they are defense the Defense is
0: awesome, man. I mean, you wonder if maybe – they made a, a philosophy change on building the team. Typically in the NFL, you go strength on strength, right? Like if you got a really good defense, you continue to just add on the defense. You got a really good offense. You continue to add on the offense and just hope it carries you through. But may, I'm thinking maybe they're going like Patriots, Tom Brady route, where they're like, you know what? Mahomes is good enough that nine times out of 10, we'll be able to get it done on offense, even if it's not spectacular. And let's just load up everywhere else. Cause the defense is awesome. They got one of the best defenses in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean dude, outside of Travis Kelsey, who are you scared of on the Chiefs?
1: That and that's my thing. Like I get what you're saying makes sense, but dude, does it not seem like I, I know Mahomes is gonna make everyone around him better, but doesn't the smart choice seem like getting him another like really good weapon, like using a first round pick on a receiver yeah. or, or something like that, would be the smartest choice for them at this point? I mean, Jesus, when's the hell's the last time they used a first round pick on a offensive player? Clyde Edwards a lair?
0: Yeah, and I I really think, man, it's like they know that Mahomes is gonna be good enough because dude, if you look at their receiving core, I mean there's a little bit of juice there, but pound for pound, they have probably one of the worst groups of receivers in the NFL, at least from a talent standpoint.
1: Yeah, so th- that's my thing. They're going to come into a game where th- where their defense is not going to play well and they're going to have to outscore someone. And like you just said, outside of Kelsey, who's scaring you on that offense? Dude, double, triple Kelsey and make Kadarius Tony not catch the ball. Like, I, I don't know. I-, I just got a feeling when it gets to crunch time, like and somebody's thinking all right, man, we gotta shut this offense down. Like you're doubling or tripling Kelsey and making everybody else beat you because I'm sorry, man. Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony and those guys ain't scaring me off the you're field. Watching.
0: Yeah, they're not. I think the uh you know, it, the thing is, dude, is when you get down two scores or something like they were yesterday, you don't got the Tyreek Hill that can get you a touchdown, you know, on a one- or two-play drive, man. I think they're having to manufacture points. And if you can keep the game close, yeah, dude, my money's on Patrick Mahomes to make a play yeah. in a two-minute drill. Like he, even with the flu, stat line didn't look great, but, you know, and he was run. I think the O-line kind of let him down a little bit yesterday, but he was running around making crazy throws. I mean, even Sheena was kind of just half-assed watching the game. She was walking through. There was a couple of times where she saw some of those throws he was making on scrambles and said, wow, you know, and it, it takes a ton to impress her with some NFL action nowadays. Um, but, but yeah, dude, they, I, I definitely think they, they're, they're not the odds on favorite for me coming out of the AFC anymore, man. They've they looked, they looked really good since week one. I'm, it's definitely a little bit sketchy just off of that offense, man.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to see that game this weekend. And I still, it's such a shame that games in Germany, man. It's just, Cause it makes it a wild card, dude. You never know.
0: That's that's a long ass trip, dude. I've done some of those cross oceanic travels before, dude, and no lie, it takes it. It really. I'm sure these guys are flying first class, chartered and stuff, man. So it's a little bit different, but still, just it's very stressful on your body, dude. And you just feel out of whack for a little bit. So you don't know how the teams are going to respond. Just break up their normal routine. I feel like there's not going to be a ton we can take away from this game, regardless of who wins. You know, it does suck that you'd rather see this on like a Sunday night football, right?
1: Yeah, it's sad, but the good thing is, though, we we get a banger of a Sunday night game, too, so I'm not too mad. You're going to start the day off with an excellent game, and you're going to finish the day with an excellent game, so I'm not too mad. Um, Yeah, I'm
0: not a huge fan of the international games, but I do like waking up and having football on the TV as soon as I get up. It's always nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, got anything else on Broncos, Chiefs?
0: No, shout out to the Broncos, man. And also whoever's running the Broncos social media, I love that they reposted the uh, the video of you know with Brock and the Under you know, Brock and then the streak against the Undertaker at WrestleMania with the uh, the Broncos and Chiefs logos on there. So that was a lot of fun, man. Cause yeah, I mean, dude, that that was a hellified streak the Chiefs had against them. That is really freaking impressive.
1: I mean, they really hadn't lost hardly any games against the AFC West in like eight years.
0: I want to see. Yeah, I think I saw some stat that was maybe the first road game that Patrick Mahomes has lost against the AFC West team. Like the Chiefs' dominance of that division has been ridiculous, and that division has been pretty down over the. You know, the Chargers have always had a lot of talent, but they're chronic underachievers, and the Raiders and Broncos have really been a mess. You know, the Broncos really haven't been able to get it together since Peyton Manning retired. Um, but still, e- either way, it's the NFL. And they're still, you know, it's still tough going out and getting victories over pros every Sunday.
1: Absolutely. All right. Uh, second topic. Let's. I'm gonna let you you talk about your boy. Let's. Uh, let, <laughs> let's talk about Will Levis and the pathetic effort the Falcons put up yesterday. We can.
0: I gotta we- ask, dude. So, because I still, I'm still thinking like it's gonna happen. Do you think he's gonna be the first active player to get inducted into the Hall of Fame? All right, let's relax a little here. <laughs> hey, man. You wanna know a, a crazy stat, dude? This is something that. Uh, you know, it makes it 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 really kind of sent chills up my spine as a as an adopted Titans fan. There have been three NFL quarterbacks that threw four touchdown passes in their first uh, first career start. One was Fran Tarkenton, legendary uh, quarterback for the Vikings, led them to a few Super Bowls back in the day. The other Marcus Mariota. Oof. Yeah, I mean Marcus Mariota had as good a debut as you could ever hope for. So, you know, I'm to quote Bill Parcells, I'm not getting out the anointing oil just yet. Even more than the four touchdown passes, which were a ton of fun, dude, and they were super impressive, man. He was. It was to open receivers, but he was dropping dimes on those deep balls. And that last, the last one was really impressive, man. The first two to DeAndre Hopkins were whatever, but that last deep ball was a hell of a throw. Um, but I was just impressed with the poise, man. He looked, he looked like he was playing very confident. You know, uh, we've seen Malik Willis get in the last couple of years and look like it's his first time playing the game of football when he when he drops back. Uh, and you've seen that with other quarterbacks. You know, quarterbacks with much higher pedigrees than Malik Willis, they just look nervous and a little bit shaky. Um, I thought he was just playing very confident and in control, and it's just nice to have something going at quarterback. You know, we really haven't had that since Ryan Tannehill got injured uh, in the middle of last season, man, having a little bit of juice from that position. So I'm excited to see what he does, man. Uh, It's going to be a fun game Thursday night in Pittsburgh. Uh, that'll be the real test, man. Cause anybody can do it once. Uh, but after a defensive coordinators, you know, they got, they got some film on you can break down what you want to do. I'm really excited to see what he does in week two. And at least, it's at least something we got something happening at quarterback now.
1: Yeah, he was, he was definitely good. Um, like we, we, me and you had talked yesterday about like the Falcons and their blown coverages on a couple of those D hop. Yeah, like it was, it,
0: Wide open guys. You don't see that very often. There was something going on on defense yesterday. Yeah, Um, but yeah,
1: I mean, that's that's definitely something to be excited about. The only thing that scares me is Rabel's loyalty to Tannehill. And if he puts him back in, (laughs) I told you,
0: dude, I wouldn't be it wouldn't shock me one bit, man. Even today, they at the press conference, he said that if Tannehill can't go, they're going to start Will Levis, man. Like, I mean, Rabel's a hell of a coach. If he's got a fatal flaw, he's very, very loyal to his vets. And I think that's why the team plays so hard for him. Um, but that's just a double-edged sword, because dude, like Tannehill, tough son of a bitch, man. Salute. Honestly, he's a Titans legend at this point for how he turned around that franchise on that three-year run. I mean, really, three and a half years, dude. It was from 2019 till the middle of last year. Um, but he's just cooked now, man. Too many injuries, too much, too many years playing behind a subpar O line has caught up to him. So yeah, it's let Will Levis go. Let him get some playing time under his belt. There's no reason we need to see Tannehill on the field again.
1: Um speaking of people we don't ever need to see on the field again uh Desmond Ritter I <laughs> after that What's g-
0: the word man cuz it was a little bit of stuff like was he injured was it a coach's decision what's what's the deal with uh Ritter for this week
1: Well he got evaluated for a concussion and apparently he passed the test but they said he didn't get benched for performance it was health and then after the game everybody was going out of their way to say this is still Desmond Ritter's team which is extremely concerning to me cuz After what I watched from Taylor Heineke in the second half, I don't know how you could go back to Ritter. He was spreading the ball around. The craziest thing, too, is Drake London went out in the middle of all that, and it didn't seem like the offense missed a beat, really. Um, So, I don't know, man. I just feel like the weapons the Falcons have, they owe it to the team to put in a quarterback that can stretch the field. Like, dude (laughs) – it just pisses me off watching Kyle Pitts block. This, I was almost at my breaking point yesterday. No, I was. I correct myself. I was at my breaking point yesterday. <laughs> okay. I, I'm just, just for anyone who did not see this game yesterday. So the Titans turn it over because they bring in Malik Willis, who cannot hold on to the ball. He fumbles the first play he's in. The Falcons get it back, immediately get it into the red zone. They take Bijan and Drake London off the field. They have a three-tight end set, and Jonu Smith is in the backfield lined up next to Ritter. They pitch Jonu Smith the ball, and he throws a pass to our third-string tight end, But and Kyle Pitts is blocking on the play. Like, Dude, I get it. Your stars can't be involved in every play. They, they're not going to make a play every time. You at least have to give him a chance. You're throwing a jump ball to a third string tight end when you have a freak like Kyle Pitts on the field. I, and what the hell are you throwing a tight end pass for? Like, w- in what world did they ever practice Jonu Smith throwing a touchdown pass? I just, I think Arthur I you, Smith man, thinks he, coached,
0: he coaches like he's trying to unlock achievements on Xbox or PlayStation.
1: It's just, it's so dumb and it's so frustrating to watch. This team is not bad. Like, they have a ton of talent. It's just the coach has no idea what he's doing and how to use it. And it's just – I don't know, man. After the game yesterday when he started talking about Desmond Ritter again, I'm just – dude, what are we doing? This dude was a third-round pick. It's not like you wasted a first-round pick on him and he's just a bust now. Like – you burnt a third round pick on him. Just let it go at this point. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, yeah,
0: man, dude, Heineke's good, man. Heineke was always solid with the, with Washington, man. Like he's never going to be an all pro, but he plays tough. And, you know, I'm a big believer in the intangibles at the quarterback position, dude. Like you can lift the rest of your team up with that, man. Um, you know, we always talk about Super Bowl 51, dude. I think the biggest thing that the, re- the reason the Patriots won that game is because, Everybody else on the Patriots believed, hey, we got Tom Brady. We got a chance, man. You know, I think just having that confidence and like that, you know, I guess, you know, that swagger, man, um, is something that can lift it up. And, dude, the Falcons were a different team. I mean, that game, that was a a really fun, entertaining game down the stretch. And it wouldn't have been the case, dude. I I have no doubt. If Ritter Ritter would have played, it would have been a blowout, man, because they just would have not done jack shit on offense. Ritter plays scared.
1: It's just frustrating, too, because – All right, so here we are, the second season in a row. This is the second season in a row after eight games. The Falcons are 4-4. and They are tied. Well, they're in the division lead right now because of their division record. So they're leading the division after eight weeks, and now they got Minnesota coming into town who is an easily winnable game now.
0: They're going to be starting a fifth round quarterback unless they make some sort of move uh before the trade deadline tomorrow.
1: And then after that, you got Arizona coming into town. Like or no, you go to Arizona. I mean, if you're not 6 and 4 at the buy, you have no one to blame but yourself. Like those are two really winnable games. And then I mean, Shit, the second half of the schedules, like, dude, they got the Bears, they got the Colts. I mean, they got a ton of winnable games down the stretch. They're running
0: through the NFC South, which every game is whether it's home or away, they could beat the Falcons should be able to beat every other team in the NFC South, man. Like they they got a very, very talented roster, dude. It's just what are you gonna get from that QB position week to week?
1: Oh <sighs> god, it's frustrating. I mean, I can't help
0: but still have some emotional attachment to them, dude. Um and yeah, like you know Heineke man, like let's go, dude. I you know I was in Virginia the last three years, so I lived in VA amongst all of the the DC faithful um, during the the Heineke era, dude. And even them, like they were all about it, dude. They were all you know a lot of the the, the Redskins slash Commanders slash football team. Fans that I was friends with were pissed when they went and got Carson Wentz because they were like, dude, Heineke can ball. I mean, go back and watch 2020, dude, that year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl. The team that gave them the biggest fight in the playoffs was Manders. uh the was Washington, dude. They gave him a hell of a freaking game, dude. And go Heineke was balling out that game, man. Like he got hurt and came back in, had some awesome scrambles. Like, yeah, like this dude can play.
1: Yeah, it's it's really frustrating for me to watch. I mean they're just wasting a talented team and the problem is is they're so young and yeah it's just it's it's frustrating. Um let's go into let's talk about the Vikings. Man dude, I I have Tragic. never felt worse for somebody dude. Watching him hobble off the field, you knew what it was the minute he ran when he got. Yeah, off the you field. could tell. We've seen yeah.
0: enough Achilles injuries between football and basketball. Like we can, we can spot them now.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating. Um, they were
0: really turning it around too, man. Like I, I want to say, like it was. uh I can't remember if I sent it or if I said I was about to send it because me and Jordan we pretty much text back back and forth constantly on NFL Sundays. We were like, "Dude, the Vikings are going to be a force because you know they were very slow out the gate, had some really tough beats, um, but they were turning around looking really tough without Justin Jefferson, you know." So it looked like they were really gearing up, like you know we we got this thing turned around, we're getting back to five hundred. Now you're about to pour some Justin Jefferson fire on top of us, man. Um, and yeah, now it looks dead in the water. I don't even really think there's a quarterback out there. That they could go and get to still have a shot. Yeah, um, there is. There, there was.
1: There is. Who? Let's hear it. Jameis Winston, man. <laughs> Telling you, dude, it's gonna happen. I mean, it's I dig gonna it, dude. happen. Is there
0: any bu- I mean, we've said on here, dude. You guys know. Me and Jordan are both Jameis fans, dude. Like that, dude. He's. He's the like I wouldn't say he's the poor man's Brett Favre. I think he's like a homeless man's Brett Favre. But he gives you a puncher's chance, dude. At least you're gonna go down swinging, right? There's nothing worse than when you just got a gimpy quarterback who's not taking any chances, and you're just gonna have a pitiful effort, dude. If Jameis is going down, he's going down crashing and burning.
1: I saw a couple things about that today. There was a couple rumors floating out there that um, Justin Jefferson wanted them to trade for him, so. I don't know, man. I guess we'll see. If they don't trade for a quarterback, give me a percentage chance that Jefferson actually plays again this year. Because, dude, there's no way Justin Jefferson's trotting out there for Jaron Hall. There's just yeah, why there's risky, no way. Dude? There's why, no way.
0: He's 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 your franchise at this point, man. I think. Yeah. If, if they don't end up making a move, cause if they don't, it's a wash man. Like, I mean, you know, I guess there's at least a, you know, 1% chance this fifth round guy that none of us have ever heard about catches lightning in a bottle, but I don't see that happening. Um, I think if you're Minnesota and if, if you're not making a play for another quarterback, I think the rest of the season is about evaluating everybody else you get get Justin Jefferson back to hundred percent and do some real soul searching and Ask yourself if if we're gonna reinvest another contract in Kirk Cousins, man, because he's a free you know he's out of there after this year if they don't re-sign him. Um, so yeah, I I don't know, dude. I I haven't heard I haven't heard any buzz on Jameis Winston getting traded. It seems like the Saints really like having him on the roster down there. I know there was some Kyler Murray buzz earlier this year that the, the Cardinals may be willing to listen to offers to him, um, but it seems like that's kind of died down. So yeah, I don't know. I mean. You're not going to trade for Ryan Tannehill. I just don't think there's anybody that's going to walk through that door that's going to give them a shot the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, they are not in a good place either way. I'll, I'll say that they're they're definitely going to, like you said, they're going to need to do a lot of evaluating as the season goes on. Because I mean, your number one priority is keeping Justin Jefferson healthy. Everything else is secondary at that point. Like, it because if you lose him, I, I mean what do you have to sell tickets at that point? Like he, yeah. he is your franchise. So yeah, they have to do whatever they have to do to keep him happy. So, but yeah, you, uh,
0: you know, you guys heard it here first, man. I think after yesterday, Kirk cousins going down with a debilitating injury. Uh, Zach Wilson leads a super dramatic comeback, takes the jets down the field in less than 24 seconds to send it to OT and then gets the dub. <laughs> We're one step closer. Aaron Rodgers, starting quarterback for the Vikings, twenty twenty four opening day. It's gonna happen, dude. I told Jordan, dude the the Viking side of the equation is done, dude. We got Kirk's injured. You know what you got in Kirk. He's really good, but not great. Probably gonna end up letting you down when when it gets to nut cutting time. Um, I just think it, the it what we need to have happen. We need to have Zach Wilson go up like I think two more levels, dude. If we can get two more levels out of Zach Wilson to make it undeniable to go back to, you know, a 40 year old dude coming off an injury and instead of keeping Zach Wilson in there, I think we see the uh, Aaron Rodgers go back to the Vikings just to, just to spite the Packers for a couple more years.
1: Okay. Um, We're going to talk about one more game and we're going to talk about both sides of it. Let's talk Bengals Niners. Um, the Bengals obviously do this same thing every year, which I, I don't,
0: we've been, we were telling y'all start of the season. Don't, don't write the Bengals off as bad as it looked.
1: Um, so yeah, I think they're completely fine at this point. Um, the Niners though, dude, three pretty bad losses in a row. I mean, you lost to PJ Walker against Cleveland and I want to say something about Cleveland because Seth gave me shit about Cleveland. (laughs) Dude, and I heard it on the radio from three different people today. That team is literally decent quarterback play away from being like a Super Bowl contender because that defense is – they have a loaded roster. Like I was watching that game yesterday. I mean, bro,
0: they gave – dude, the Seahawks are a good team, dude. The the Seahawks are no joke. I think they have been like – Whatever is below, under the radar, that's what the Seahawks have been this year. They have gotten absolutely no attention, but the Seahawks are good. I mean, they're in first place in the NFC West at yeah. at the midpoint. Um, and the Browns gave the Seahawks all the smoke they wanted, dude. Like, the Seahawks barely got out of that game with a dub yesterday. So, yeah, man. The the I give Jordan shit for just, you know, he, I, the Falcons are his team, but I feel like he gets another, like, a team he gets a crush on every season. And this year, it seems like it's the Browns, but no, the Browns can ball, dude. Like, if they get... If Deshaun Watson can get, you know, anything up, above what PJ uh, PJ's given him, they're going to be just fine.
1: Yeah. Um, but let's go back to the Niners and Niners. Uh, yeah, losing to the Browns, then getting just destroyed on Monday night football by the Vikings offense. And then, man, dude, they just got bitched yesterday against the Bengals. Like, the Bengals did whatever they wanted to on offense yesterday.
0: yeah it's not looking good dude we're you know we've officially the the honeymoon period is over for Brock Purdy you know he had basically the absolute storybook start of his career we're gonna see how he bounces back dude he's had you know multiple picks uh last few games Debo has been out I think the big thing is just that the Niners offense is really really good but they're built on like tough guys and just punching you in the face and executing really really well they don't necessarily have that game-breaking receiving threat, you know. Christian McCaffrey obviously is awesome at running back, but their offense is really kind of horizontal-based. And I feel like the when they get down, when they get behind, um, the, the defenses can just really tighten up, and it's like you know boa constrictor. There's just nowhere for Brock Purdy to turn to to throw the ball. Uh, so they're they're like when they got the lead, they're probably the toughest team in the league. But when they when they fall down and kind of get out of the script that they want to follow for the game. They really, really struggle.
1: I'm not going to go too hard on Brock Purdy. I don't think he's played exceptionally well the last four weeks. I think everybody would agree with that. What the hell happened to their defense is the real question. I Dude, I haven't even heard Bosa's name in the last three games. Like, I don't know what the hell happened to their defense, but their defense is just getting shredded at this point.
0: Yeah, they're still a, I, I, you know, again, three game losing streaks, never something to to brush off. I do think the Niners are still a really tough team, but the problem is, man, you would like to see them have home field advantage. You know, they've they played the NFC Championship on the road the last two seasons, um, and it's at this point, it's looking like they're they're, you know, they may not end up winning the division. They may end up being a wild card team. Um, but it definitely is looking like, you know, home field throughout the playoffs is starting to fade a little bit unless they can get it turned around very, very quickly. Um, so I think it's going to be another tough road for them to go. But this is a battle tested team. I'm not going to write them off either. Uh, but, yeah, the defense just really everything, man. The whole team needs to step it up because they were looking like world beaters, you know, that that first five games, especially after they crushed the a really strong Cowboys team on Sunday night football. But it's not been much to be excited about the last last month or so.
1: So. Bose has played every game this season. Um, he has twenty-two combined tackles and three sacks in eight games. Not great. Dude, and you all. just paid him to be he's the highest paid defensive player in the league. And if that's the production you're getting, like, I don't know, man. I don't feel good about their chances if that's what you're getting out of him. You get any
0: pressure stats or anything?
1: Is he is he cause I
0: I haven't me watching it and I do keep an eye on the Niners. I'm a huge Kyle Shanahan fan. I haven't I don't I haven't seen any evidence that it's a case where he's really getting a ton of pressure, but just not quite getting the sacks because sometimes that's the thing. Um, it seems like this dude's just not really he hasn't been as productive as as you would expect the last couple of weeks.
1: I mean, I saw him a couple of times yesterday, get some edge pressure and made uh bro step into the pocket and they got a sack out of it, but. I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem like he's getting to the quarterback, though. And, like, I mean, if his if his uh, highlights are getting the quarterback to step into the pocket and somebody else getting a sack, like, yeah, that's helping. But, I mean, is that really what you paid the guy for? And he was getting single-blocked a lot yesterday, too, I noticed. I'm like, dude, Miles Garrett takes on triple teams. Aaron Donald takes on triple teams. And they're still getting to the quarterback. Dude, I watched two plays. Well, it was one series, and Aaron Donald got triple team twice and got to the quarterback and got a sack both times. Like, I, I just, I don't know, man. Maybe Bosa got paid and just doesn't give a shit anymore. I don't know. It, I mean, it, <laughs> I,
0: I don't think that's the case because he has been pretty good. He's got so I, I got the stats pulled up now, dude. He he's come out and said that the holdout. Has really held him back. He does have, he's got the fourth most QB pressures in the league. He's got 35 okay. pressures so far this season, just not getting home. But yeah, he's, he's an impact player though. Like you said, you know, the p- pressures are great. That's an awesome stat to have, but you're not paying him to just make pressures. You're paying him to get like strip sacks and change the game.
1: Yeah. Maybe I'm too hard on
0: him, but dude. Okay. No, I don't think so. The dude got the biggest contract in NFL defensive history, man. I don't think you're being too hard on him. Now, our, is the, the bar is set sky high for him for sure, but that's the pressure you're accepting when you take a contract like that.
1: Here's the other thing. Okay, so, yeah, the, the pressures are all great and everything, and he, he said the holdout definitely affected him. Again, only you could have controlled that that situation, and you this is what you chose to do. Dude, these guys are never going to learn, man. These holdouts and like sitting out games and stuff, all it does is hurt you. Like, did nobody learn anything from Le'Veon Bell?
0: Like, yeah, I think he would have got the. And dude, he's been such a good player for the Niners. He would have gotten the contract regardless, dude. I don't think the holdout added anything to his negotiating strategy, man. Like, if you got a good agent, just keep doing what you're doing. Like, the Niners have shown that I don't, the Niners don't have any type of reputation as a team that, like, screws over their vets or, or does it pay out for production, man? The Niners take care of their players very, very well. Um, yeah, I I agree with you, dude. The holdout is very, unless it's, it very rarely works out, man. No.
1: Okay. Um, I want to hit on this just briefly. I, I uh, realized today that we've only got four weeks of college football left regular season. Boy, that's depressing.
0: I know, man. I've enjoyed getting back into college football this year.
1: Um, We haven't hit on it in a while, and everybody always asks us to talk about them. So, we're going to do two quick hitters. Colorado, dude, I don't think they're going to win another game this season. Like, (laughs) it has, you can tell it's gotten to them now. Like, I, I noticed on Saturday night, a lot of guys were hanging their heads. And dude, Dion has no idea how to make any in game adjustments. Chip Kelly came out in the second half and just had a plan, and they just executed it, and Dion had no idea what to do.
0: I don't think Dion, I, I've said it before, dude. I don't think Dion's a game day coach, man. I think Ga- Dion is a, he's a tone setter and he's a recruiter, dude. I, he's he's like a marketer. You know what I mean? Like, in, that, that's the vibe I've gotten, dude. I saw, there's there's speculation out there that his headset's not even plugged in on, on the games, dude. He's just got the headphones on just because, oh dude. I think he's all God. about his offensive and defensive coordinators. What's up?
1: No, I'm just saying that would be hilarious if that was true. There was one play that I noticed that you could really tell, like, he has no idea what's going on in-game. The defensive coordinator pulls the cornerback off the field because he got two personal fouls in a row. It, right. Just playing like shit. He, he's just getting toasted, and he keeps pulling the guy's face mask down, and he did two plays in a row. So he pulls him off the field, and the defensive coordinator is chewing his ass. And, like, Dion, like, goes up to the defensive coordinator and, like, puts his arms up, like, hey, man, what are you yelling at the kid for? And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you even watching the game? The kid just gave up 30 yards and penalties on back-to-back plays. And it's like Dion had no idea it even happened. Like, you just see in his face, he had no idea it even happened. The other concerning thing to me for the Colorado is, I don't know if you heard this yet, but Dion has thrown his offensive line under the bus. I saw that. no I saw that. I less than, new lineman. Oh, dude, that is not good, man. When okay, so the stuff last year, me and you talked about, like whatever, is it a little shitty? Yeah, but dude, when you start doing that to current players that you wanted there, yeah, and not to mention the other thing I saw yesterday from a Colorado fan. So Dion promised that they were going to have the best two cornerbacks in football. They had. Um, Travis Hunter obviously and then Cormani I can't remember what his last name is that dude can't even get on the field he's, though, really. he hasn't even played and their second corner is getting roasted every game like it, it's seriously like they, they just go into a game and they're like well whoever's on the field to start that's who's going to be on the g- field the whole game like we're not adjusting like this is just what we're running out there with and i don't know man i just i i was already I saw killed. the
0: comments about- Yeah, I saw the uh, comments about the old one stuff. Not a fan either. I've definitely been a lot higher on Dion in Colorado so far this year than you have. Um, But it's that's just never a good mood. He definitely threw those guys under the bus. And I would say it's bad to do that in the pros. I think it's kind of unforgivable to do that in college because at the end of the day, these are still amateurs, man. I know college sports is big business, but. It's just not cool. And I think what Dion said, I know a lot of that thought probably goes around in a lot of college programs, but it's it just does need to be said out loud, man. There's no need for it.
1: Yeah, it's a, uh, this is kind of I don't know. I I don't want to say that I completely thought Colorado was gonna be a dumpster fire this year, but these last couple weeks is more of what I thought they would be. I just think it's wild that that everybody came out of the gate and thought this team was going to be like a national title contender. Like they're going to win 10, 11 games. And it's just, dude, when you completely flip a roster, some of the guys are going to mesh and some of them aren't. And that's kind of where they're at right now is like, these guys don't mesh together. Like they don't play well together. And And there's
0: no buy-in dude. Like the whole culture they've set is it's all about individuality, which is cool. Um, but you're just never going to win long-term like that. I seen it happen at UK basketball, man. Like the, the, since, since coach Calipari came there with UK college basketball, like the average wins per season have gone up but the actual tournament success. Hasn't been there. Cause you're bringing in just a ton of one and dones, a bunch of mercenaries to come in and do their thing. And it's basically just a finishing school for the NBA. Um, I think Dion, what what he's kind of doing there, and again, I'd say it's still a success for the University of Colorado. I mean, they won one game last year, and the interest level level in the program is through the roof now. Um, But I think they're kind of leaning into some of the worst aspects of what college sports kind of is nowadays.
1: So here's my thing. Like like I just said a little bit ago, I I understood why they did what they did, flipping the roster, all that stuff, getting his guys in there. The thing is, is, like, the way Dion coaches is at Jackson State, he could just out-talent the other team. Like, they didn't really have to scheme up a defense or an offense. They just out-talented the other team. Like, they just knew they had better athletes. Dude, the problem is, when you go out there and play Oregon, if you have better athletes, they're – coached better and they have a better scheme than you have. Like that's, that's all Oregon did. They just out-schemed them the whole game. They knew where Colorado defenders were not going to be because everybody knows how they play and they just took advantage of it. And everyone that's played them since that game has took the exact same approach and Colorado has yet to adjust. Like there, there just is no adjustments. He just thinks he's going to run out there and his kids are just going to out-talent the other team. That shit don't work like that at at big schools in college football and the other thing is, is next year they're going to go to the Big Twelve. Granted, it's not going to be as good of a Big Twelve, but dude, you got to put up sixty points a game to win in the Big Twelve. Like, th- there is no like low scoring games of Big Twelve. You got to win a sixty to fifty eight shootout, and maybe that'll be better for them because they don't play defense at all. I mean, they have the worst defense in college football. Which, good God, you got to really be doing something to have that bad of a defense. Um, but. I do think a little bit of the hype has worn off for Dion just because the way the season has progressed now. I mean, dude, now they're four and five. I seriously don't think they win another game. Or or maybe they're four and four. Four and four, yeah. I don't think they win another game. I think they end up four and eight. They got Oregon State this week. That is not going to go well. They got to play. Still
0: got Arizona too, right? Arizona's and, been and tough. Arizona's
1: playing really well. They still got Washington State, and then they got one other tough one left in there. But yeah,
0: they need they need to win two to get the bowl eligibility, and it's not looking safe. I mean, still overall success, but I think the you know. The expectation got sky high after those first couple games. Luckily, me and Jordan were both on the right side of history. We told y'all after that big win against TCU, we said that game was probably more about TCU than it was about Colorado.
1: And the other thing is, and yes, I'm going to wind this back up into Nebraska, but they played Nebraska at exactly the right time because Nebraska had no idea what they were doing on offense or defense when Colorado played them. Dude, I think if they played Nebraska now, Nebraska probably doesn't let them score in that game. Like, Nebraska's defense is just on another level at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I even said it after the Nebraska game. I was like, they have a ton of talent, but I don't think they're a good team. I just- it just looks sloppy, man. It looks like – it almost looks like high school-esque,
0: like the, the the schemes. Obviously, we don't know the X and O's of what's being called, but just watching it, it looks extremely simple and sloppy what they're doing on offense and defense.
1: Yeah. uh, I agree. The other thing I did want to bring up is dude, Nebraska is on the verge of winning six games in a season for the first time since like 2015 being bowl eligible for the first time since 2016, dude, I I know it, it is baby steps, but dude, as someone who's watched this team for the last, well, my entire life, but the last 15 years specifically, I mean, they they got the right coach like matt rule is the right coach for that program he's a good college coach
0: Uh, never a good fit in the nfl but he's a good college coach i I mean honestly dude you kind of have like i mean luckily you got to see your team dominate so it's cool but you had really like the most bittersweet fan experience like when you're first kind of becoming like old enough to really pay attention to sports your team is the absolute dominant powerhouse in college football just Running through everybody's fucking face every single Saturday, dude. And then just 20 years of like dormancy, man. Basically, since Eric Crouch left, it's been nothing to get excited about at Nebraska.
1: Bro, the first Nebraska game I ever went to, they played Kansas State and they won 70 to 7. (laughs) And what year was that? It was around, I think it was early 90s. So it probably been 92, 93, somewhere in there. I
0: still say Tommy Frazier... Is right up there with Tim Tebow,
1: his best college football player of all time, dude.
0: Dude was f- fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, that run against Florida. I mean, everybody's seen it a thousand times when he breaks like 15 tackles. It's just unreal. Like watching him play in person somehow was like even better. And the craziest thing is the backup. I, you might not remember this name, but Brooke Beringer was the backup quarterback. For yeah, that team. I remember Brooke dude. dude he was literally about to get drafted. He was a backup quarterback at Nebraska, but he had such a great arm, he was about to get drafted, and 2 days before the draft, he died in a plane crash. Like, yeah, man. Just absolutely brutal. Um, but yeah, you you're right, dude. I went from the absolute peak of Dude, when I watched football games, if they lost, like the state was like it, it just shut down the city and the state for like 2 days. Like everybody was just so pissed and shocked that they lost. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun watching Matt rule. Like you can tell they got the right guy. He, he definitely never lets him get down. I mean, shit, they lost four fumbles in that game on Saturday and they won 31 to 17. Like you're, you're not supposed to win games like that. And the worst part is, is the fumb- the first fumble was the opening kickoff and the other team got it. <laughs> like dude, yeah. the defense was already on the field on their own 28 yard line on the first play of the game. And they didn't give up any points. I mean, it's. impressive man he just he does not let those guys get down and he makes them play do everything the right way and it's fun to watch as a fan man like the other uh first thing matt rule said in his press conference the other day was um he heard a fan yell one more and he's like no we don't want to just win one more he's like we're playing it one game at a time but dude they want to they want to run the table and the good thing is is the big 10 west is so bad that I mean, dude, they're tied for first in the Big Ten West right now. They run the table. They got an actual chance. Granted, it's not going to go well because they're going to play Michigan or Ohio State, but they got a chance to go to the Big Ten championship and then end up in a really good bowl game. I mean, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself, but, yeah, it's – uh, and this is not rules like M.O. either. Like, usually his first year at a new school, they win one to three games, and that's it, and then the second year is when you see the improvement. So, I'm encouraged, man.
0: Yeah, I always got a soft spot for Nebraska football just because they were, you know, the kind of them, the Florida Gators, uh, Florida State, they were really the dominant powerhouses when I was first, like, really starting to become aware of the, like, really watch football. It's always one of my, like, all-time favorite sports memories. And I remember me and my dad, we stayed up. Um, the end of that 1993 season, the Orange Bowl, it was basically the national championship game, uh, Florida State and Nebraska, And Florida State ended up winning 18 to 16. I know that sounds like an ugly game, but if you watch that game, it was just a straight up slugfest, man. It's an awesome, awesome game. And Bobby Bowden had always, Florida State's head coach had always, you know, come so close, but just missed out on winning the national championship. And they finally got it. And yeah, it was just, it was just a fun game. You know, I wasn't really a hardcore fan of either team. So it was great just watching some awesome football. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I'd love to see Nebraska have a big resurgence.
1: Yeah. I hope it happens because. It'd be good for college football. I mean, I'm not saying they're ever going to get back to what they were, but it'd just be fun to see them top 25 ranked on a on a weekly basis and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, we'll stop with the college football talk. The last thing we always talk about in this segment is the race to number one. Holy shit, the Panthers won a football game.
0: I still think, you know, I think that that was the Texans just laid an egg. Uh, I think they're the better team than the Panthers, but they won. I still I still say the Panthers are going to gift wrap the Bears, the uh, the top pick in the draft.
1: Dude, the craziest thing. Okay, so we were just talking about the Cardinals. Now they have the number one pick. Right. As of right now, they have the number one pick. Dude, why the fuck would you not trade Kyler Murray at this point? Like, dude, just tank out the season and get Caleb Williams. Like, I don't think Kyler wants to be there, is the first thing. Like, this yeah. is his third head coach, his third offensive coordinator. Like, there's something to be said about just being like, hey, man, if somebody wants to take on this contract, maybe it's just a good time for us to reset. So, it doesn't
0: seem like it's something that's going to happen, but I do think it would be a win win for all parties involved if an interested team took over Kyler Murray because I think he could still ball. But yeah, you're right. There's already just been a lot of just a lot of trouble there in Arizona so far. Yeah, I agree. That's all I got. All right, let's get into UniWatch. Before we get into some of the fashion choices of the week jordan what are you drinking as we pod tonight
1: all right man it's the night before halloween you know i'm going full on pumpkin tonight so i went with uh first one i drank was a shipyard smashed pumpkin it's an ale really good um it's not sweet at all it's just it's in your face though, i'll give them that and then the second one i'm drinking is a wild onion brewery pumpkin ale as well so i went with two pumpkin beers i mean You got to enjoy them, man. These are the last two days. And then uh, Wednesday hits and everything turns into Christmas. So just got to enjoy these last two days of uh, fall. I'm
0: a big fan of Wild Onion Brewery. They got some good stuff, man. I'm drinking the hard stuff again tonight. Uh, You know, we potted for Chick-fil-A show last night. I'm keeping it going. I'm drinking some of the uh, Dead Man Fingers and uh, KFC rum. I'm doing a double with Coca-Cola and lime. So uh, we'll see how good I, I get through my picks, man. I'll go ahead and put that down as a caveat if I end up losing on picks this week that uh, I got a little bit heavier buzz going than usual. Hey, a quick, um, update, so we got-
1: quick update. Detroit's kicker just missed a field goal, and now he's hurt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Adding uh, injury to insult, dude. Uh, but still, the Lions are about to be 6-2. and two. I don't know if I've ever been able to say that in my lifetime. I'll need to go back and check the stats.
1: Yeah. It's been a long time. All
0: right. We got three throwbacks and one alternate to discuss this week. So we'll start off uh, the previously discussed Titans rock those beautiful uh, Oilers uh, jerseys. The love you blue with the red. It just hits, man. There's a ton uh, on Titan social media. Everybody's already been kind of going into the graphic design bag and redoing the Titans current logo to just match those colors and make, make that uniform. Perfect. I mean, they played like a million bucks and they looked, they looked the part yesterday.
1: Yeah. Those unis are awesome. How much did you, did you see much of like a, a lot of like the Texans people and J.J. Watt and stuff were talking about this, how this should be a Texans alternate, not a Titans alternate, which
0: I saw that, dude. And I get it. I mean, dude, you got to remember the Titans were the Oilers for three years Um, when they're after they moved to Tennessee. They were the Tennessee Oilers for three years. They were kind of nomads. They played in Memphis uh, in the Liberty Bowl for three years before the stadium was ready up in Nashville. Um, so the, the Tennessee Oilers was a thing. I actually saw them play against the Dallas Cowboys in Texas Stadium as a kid, and it, it was some memorable years. You know, That's Steve McNair, Eddie George on those teams. Yeah. So it wasn't like you know just a forgettable period. It was three whole years. So I, I think the Titans got a rightful claim to it, man. What about you? Oh
1: my god, dude! Garoppolo was so bad. This dude is I just saw a that. God. wide open, dude. That's wide twice open. tonight. Amonte he's missing for a touchdown. Good God, um, yeah, I I, I like them, and I, dude, I get Houston's gripe about it. Like, it'd be like the Ravens coming out and wearing Baltimore Colts stuff one weekend. Like, it's just not gonna happen. It's just, I get it. I, I definitely get it. So, um, yeah, but the the unis themselves are incredible. I mean, I've always loved those. I don't know why they ever changed, honestly.
0: Dude, that was a super just aesthetically pleasing game. The Falcons rocked their really gorgeous black jerseys, also like. I just thought that was just a very, very visually pleasant game to watch as well. Yeah, it was beautiful. All right, and then we had the Dolphins rocking their all-white throwbacks. Like, that's another one, dude. Like, just what go back to doing? the throwbacks permanently, man. Yeah. Like the, Do- I don't think the Dolphins' current uniforms are bad, just because their color scheme's so nice. But they- those jerseys just looked fucking awesome, dude.
1: Yeah, what, what are we doing? Dude, just give us what everyone wants. These are the, like yes. some of the best uni- Dude, I forgot how awesome these were with that Dolphins logo. These are like some of the cleanest jerseys in the NFL. Yes, man. It's like you t- dude, you take those
0: old school like super bold colors and logos with, you know, the current Nike like design tweaks and just like the different cuts of the jerseys, you know what I mean? It just looks fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, pretty incredible
0: and same thing with the Seahawks, dude. How money did the Seahawks look yesterday?
1: Dude, the fact that it took them this long to break those back out, I just... Those are gorgeous,
0: dude. Like... It looks super unique, super bold color scheme. And I do think the Seahawks have one of the better, like, 2010 and later, like, jersey designs. But still, man, like, they looked awesome yesterday. Like, dude, just the, the 90s are back in anyways. Like, let's just... I mean, what if the NFL just said, like, we're going to do... Next season's going to be, you know, 90s throwbacks all season. Like, who who votes no on that?
1: Uh, I would hope no one. I, and I, then I, we had yeah. one
0: alternate tonight, the Lions and the All Grays. I thought these were pretty clean, man.
1: Yeah, they look good. Um, they actually look better on field than I thought on, like, the mannequin, so...
0: yeah, Same. We kind of panned these when we were doing our, 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 our uniform preview at the start of the year, yeah, but I thought... I thought these looked nice with that bright blue helmet. They got the alternate logo on there. Yeah, I think the, the Lions are playing good and looking good tonight. Yep. All right, you ready to get into our picks? Absolutely. Yeah. Bridge over troubled water, ice in my muddy water. All right, Jordan, tell us how we did on the picks last week.
1: All right, so we had another even week, Seth. Um, with this game tonight, we're both going to go 10-6 and 6 this week. Um, the, the games that we differed on, we had four games that we differed on, and that's what ended up making us tied. So you took the Steelers. I took the Jags. Um, I took, I took Cleveland. You took Seattle. Um, I took San Francisco, you took Cincinnati and I took the chargers and you took the bears for unknown reasons. Still don't understand what the (laughs) hell you were thinking there. <laughs> All right, my goal for this week is to get through the
0: entire segment without forgetting to make a pick. I had somebody reach out and give me some shit that every single week I, there's like one or two games I just forget to make a pick before we move on to the next game. So that's my goal, man. We'll start off Thursday night, really big game or really interesting game, I guess. Uh not necessarily a big game. We got the 3 and 4 Titans with the you know, the hottest quarterback in the league, Will Levis, going up against Kenny Pickett and the Steelers. Uh, was there any injury updates on Kenny Pickett today? I didn't see anything. I know he left the game early yesterday, and Trubisky had to finish.
1: Nope, but they already announced Mika Fitzpatrick's not playing for their defense, so that's really all I needed to see for this week, because the Steelers are not good even with Pickett on the field, and if their defense is banged up at all, they're in trouble.
0: I'm not shading the Steelers, dude. I think short, I think this has all the makings of an absolute letdown game. The hype for the Titans and Will Levis could not be any higher. I'm just. I think I'm gonna just guarantee myself the win-win situation. I'm picking the Steelers to win this one, dude, and I will be more than happy if the Titans end up getting the dub. But I think the, I think the Steelers get it done on a short week.
1: I'm taking the Titans just on a matter of they're gonna ground it into uh, a ugly game, and that's just they can do that better than anybody. So I'm going with them just based on that. And if Mitch Trubisky is starting for the Steelers, uh. Best of luck, bud. Did you see the report that
0: a deal was in place early this morning for the Ravens to trade for Derrick Henry yeah. and the Titans owner vetoed it? Yep, I did see that. I yep. love that, dude. Sometimes you need somebody who's not so close to the fame, close to the flame to just step in and be like, "You know what? Fuck that. We're not trading this guy."
1: We're talking about the same guy who went ahead and okayed the trade for AJ Brown just so we're uh just so everyone who's playing the home game well,
0: I you know I gotta correct you. The Titans got a female owner, dude. Amy Strunk is the owner for the uh, Titans. She's the they they got a kind of a conglomerate that's owning it, but she's the one that's in charge. So it was actually a, a female this time stepping in, and saying, "No, nah, we're we're keeping King Henry."
1: Well, hopefully, it works out better than the last trade. I mean,
0: I'm kind of torned. I feel like the Titans still got a chance to compete for a wild card spot, um, assuming this Will Levis thing is legit. But also, Derrick Henry's a free agent. After this year. So, why not get something for him while you can? Because Tajay Spears is really damn good. But at the same time, dude, I think there's something to be said for just letting icons finish out their time on the team. You know, I mean, Derrick Henry, that obviously no Super Bowl wins, but it's been a hell of a run for the Titans the last four or five years. Uh, so, I, I think there's some value into just keeping Derrick Henry on the team regardless.
1: Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it.
0: All right, up next, we're heading to Germany. This is like a, probably one of the top ten uh, most high games of the NFL season, and it's going to be kicking off at 8.30 Central Time, 7.30 Eastern. we got the Dolphins and the Chiefs in Germany.
1: Dude, it sounds like the Dolphins are going to have a full roster this weekend outside of A-chan. Um, they're getting Xavier Howard back on defense, so they're going to have Howard and um, – jalen ramsey and you know jalen ramsey's gonna take kelsey so i'm going dolphins man dude i just again i talked about it earlier in a game where you're gonna have to outscore the other team i just trust the dolphins offense more than i do the chiefs right now
0: i'm going chiefs dude i just i feel like the dolphins every time they've stepped up in weight class they got slapped back down And I don't see the Chiefs losing two straight, man. That's still a damn good team, regardless of how they looked in Denver on Sunday. I mean, we're in Denver, high altitude. Mahomes got the flu. I don't think they were at their best. Uh, And Denver was playing. You know, that's probably going to end up being Denver's biggest game of the season. Um, I think the Chiefs get it done.
1: Good. We're we're having some different picks this week. I, I like that.
0: Another damn good game, dude. I'm I'm looking forward to this one in the early window on Sunday. We got Geno and the Seahawks traveling to Baltimore to face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. You can pick first on this one. I'm going Ravens, strictly off home field advantage. Man, I think these two teams are pretty damn close, but I think the home field is enough for the Ravens to squeak out a tough win. I think the it, they got Vegas has got the Ravens installed as a five and a half point favorite as of right now. I think the Ravens win, but don't cover.
1: Dude, Seattle never does well with these cross uh, country flights. They never. And it's play an early well.
0: start, dude. Yeah, if it was a th- if it was a three o'clock start, I'd give them a little bit more credit. But th- yeah, they've always struggled. Yeah, I'm going
1: Ravens as well.
0: All right, one in seven Cardinals heading into Cleveland. Uh, to face the Browns I think the Browns get a much needed easy win right here man the Browns have had they have really freaked I mean they have fought scrapped and scratched to get to four and three I think they get a little bit of a, a reprieve this week and get an easy win to go to five and three
1: agreed yeah I, I, I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Browns this week they're not allowing the Cardinals with Joshua Dobbs to come in there and beat them their their defense alone will win them that game
0: Tricky one right here, man. The three and four bucks traveling to Houston to face the three and four Texans,
1: dude. I do not love what I've seen from the Bucks the past three weeks. I just, I, d- I know you think that they're they're a decent team. I just don't see it, dude. I, I don't. They're coming know.
0: back down to earth, yeah. I think we're seeing more of what they're truly what their level is the last couple of weeks.
1: And I, I don't like what the Texans just did, but I got a feeling they're not going to play two games in a row like that. So I'm going to go with Houston.
0: I think they bounce back too, man. R- rookie quarterbacks especially tend to perform much better at home than on the road. I think we see it this week, and the, uh, and, the and the Texans get the win. Do you got to mention the Lions just closed out against the Raiders? Nice, solid, workman-like performance, twenty-six to uh, fourteen, and the uh, the Lions are at six and two now.
1: Yep. All
0: right, we got the two and six Bears traveling down to New Orleans to face the Saints. I think the Saints win to become the absolute worst 5 and 4 team in NFL history.
1: Yeah, as much as I don't like picking the Saints, dude. The Bears are so bad, man. They, they're just not good. It's just that Raiders game gave people some hope including Seth thinking they were going to beat the Chargers. I they're they're not good, man. The Bears are bad.
0: All right, the 4 and 4 Vikings Heading to Atlanta to face the four and four, you know, Falcons under a ton of turmoil. I think the Falcons get it together and regardless of who's a quarterback at a Ritter or Heineke, I think they get the win this week to go
1: to five and four. Dude, i I'm telling you right now, I'm picking them this week. If they lose this game. to a team that really doesn't even have a quarterback or a number one wide receiver. They deserve to be banished from the NFL and they better fucking (laughs) no, they better fire Arthur Smith. If they lose this game, this is a game you have to win. I, I do not care how you get there, who you play. You have to win this game. Like this is a must win game.
0: They should get relegated and just start rolling the bulldogs
1: in there on Sundays. They have to win this game. There's there's, I I don't do this much, but dude, if, if they don't win this game, my faith in everything the Falcons have done over the last three years is going to be completely shot. Because I felt like they built built a good roster, like they've built a good enough. I, they roster. They got an
0: awesome roster. Aside from QB, the roster is
1: fucking nice, dude. I, I just I you cannot lose a game like this, dude. You everyone saw that press conference yesterday when O'Connell came to the podium after they realized. Kirk Cousins was gone for the season. That looked like a team that just got beat by 70 points, not a team that just came off a win. They are going to be so down for that game this week. Next week, I think they'll be fine. But this week, they're they're not going to play well this weekend. There's just no way.
0: The only thing I worry about is just if they're rolling in there, like, fuck it, we got nothing to lose, dude. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, both of these teams do have a lot to lose, though, is the problem.
0: Right, but I mean just like, you know, there's zero there's still expectations on the Falcons. I feel like the expectations have gone to zero for the Vikings at this point. Yeah, I get it. I'm still picking Falcons though. All right. Uh possible toilet bowl of the week. We got the three and five Rams traveling to Green Bay to face the two and five Packers. I think the Rams win. Jordan Love looked decent the the first few weeks of the season, but it seems like once once D coordinators got a got a few, uh few tapes, a uh, few game tapes on him that the bottom is really just falling out. Green Bay's really struggled. It's kind of crazy, man. This is really like the first time in damn near 30 years we're seeing Green Bay really hit rock bottom like this. I think uh, I think the Rams win on Sunday up in Lambeau.
1: They're very, very bad team. Um, and Jordan Love is a very, very bad quarterback. It not not a good recipe for success. I think the Rams bounce back this week. I, I agree with you. I got the Rams. Here's a tricky one, man.
0: Uh, I'm letting
1: you go first on this one.
0: We got the three and five Washington Commanders who played the Eagles within a, an inch of their life on Sunday, going up to face the two and six Patriots in Foxborough. Vegas has got New England as a three point favorite going in. How do you see this one going?
1: Um, I. I I think the Commanders are about to unload some players tomorrow. I think it's coming. I think they're one of the teams that are selling hard. Um, and yeah, they played them tough yesterday, but I mean, that game was a fourteen point game. They scored a touchdown with like three minutes left. Like I, I, I do not like the Commanders at all. Like they're just their team is not good, and they're about to trade a bunch of people away. I'm going. Patriots. Did you see
0: Sam House?
1: stat line though dude he, he, balled, out. he balled out but I, I the patriots 397 yards four touchdowns i just find it really hard to believe that bill belichick's just gonna let sam howell roll into new england and beat him though i'm i'm going past
0: yeah i agree man i think the commanders have played better than the patriots so far this season but close matchup like this when in doubt i still got faith in belichick at this point and yeah i think the patriots win to get to get to three and six yep All right, we got the three and five Colts heading into Carolina to face the resurgent Panthers at one and six. This is another tricky one, dude. I think I'm going to go Panthers, man. I think the Panthers build off of last week. Gardner Minshew got, he played tough, dude, but he got banged around a lot yesterday. Uh, We know our good friend Hawk from Turnbuckle Tavern is going to be um in the stands and it seems like more times than not when hawk's in the building the colts fall flat so i think hawk makes that trip all the way to charlotte and has a long sad drive back home because the panthers win
1: dude i the panthers did win yesterday but i feel like that was more of what houston didn't do more than it was of what the panthers did do I still think the Colts are a better team than the Panthers. I'm going to go Colts. I agree. I just, I think the Colts are a better overall team and I feel like Jonathan Taylor is going to have a day. So yeah, I'm going Colts.
0: Yeah. Colts are two and a half point favorites. I To me, this is, you know, almost, I'm, I'm kind of just going gut feeling on this one. I agree with you. The Colts are definitely a better team, but it just seems like the, the, the kind of the, the lights really starting to flicker for the Colts this season and the Panthers, it's I do not say it's a throwaway year, but I feel like the Panthers like this year's just all about developing Bryce Young and seeing what you got on the team. And I can see them coming out and putting together a a, a spirited effort, man. It's going to be a late afternoon game, 305 down there and Char- kickoff down there in Charlotte. So I see them being fired up for that one and getting the win two and six Giants going up against the three and five Raiders
1: in in Las Vegas. Sounds like Danny Dimes is going to play this week um i'm going giants the raiders are so bad
0: dude if tyrod taylor was playing i would pick the giants but i think the raiders get the win here man danny you know danny dives has been awful this year tyrod taylor was a lot better but obviously you know he had to end the game in a hospital uh last last week and you know the devito guy that came in was absolutely horrible uh I don't got a ton of faith in, in, uh, Daniel Jones coming in off of injury. I think Raiders get, get the ugly win and get to four and five.
1: All right.
0: All right. In Philly, man, this is definitely the, aside from the, the chiefs offense, this is uh, another one of the big games for the week. We got the Dallas Cowboys traveling in to face the seven and one Eagles. I think the Eagles get it done. I think it's going to be typical Eagles fashion. I don't think it's overly impressive, but I think they just outlast them and, Just physically wear down the Cowboys, end up getting the win here.
1: I was encouraged by a lot of things Dallas did yesterday, but I just think the Eagles are just a better overall team. Honestly, I just in
0: the trenches, man. They're just killers, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm going Eagles as well. All right, another really really exciting game. This has been a little bit of a a big rivalry over the last season, the last year and a half. We got the Bills traveling into Cincy on Sunday Night Football. I think the Bengals win, man. I think the Bengals kinda got the Bills numbered dude. I, I I'll go ahead and double down, make the big prediction. I think the Bengals win this one, and I think the Bills end up finally getting over the hump and beating the Bengals in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I'm going Bengals as well. I don't I I still don't love where the Bills are at right now. I, I think they'll be okay in the long run, but I don't love where they're at right now. And I just think the Bengals are playing at such a high level.
0: All right, Monday night football, the three and four Chargers heading in to face the four and three Jets. I think the Jets win another crazy ass game, dude. I think I think it's an ugly game. I think we have, you know, some fumbles, some defensive touchdowns, somehow or another. I think the Jets scrape out of there with a win to get to five and three.
1: Yeah, I'm going Jets as well. Um my confidence level is about uh uh I would say a four out of ten. Just because, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either way Just because
1: uh, one team has <laughs> Justin Herbert And the other has Zach Wilson So I'm never going to put my full faith In Zach Wilson But um, yeah, I'll go Jets
0: Alright, let's get into Million Dollar Bets uh, Uh-huh, yeah uh, Uh-huh,
1: yeah All right, did we do last week, Jordan? Dude, I don't think you realize how big that Lions game just was for you. Um so I'll I'll give my mine first. Uh I had Texans, Panthers over 43 and a half, not even close. And then I had the Jets minus two and a half. Went just as I planned, one by three. So I'm <laughs> I'm eight and eight on the season and I'm minus one hundred thousand. Seth had the Texans minus two and a half for 50k. Obviously did not happen. And then Seth had the Lions minus eight for a hundred K to bring Seth to eight and eight on the season and minus one hundred and seventy five K. Dude, you lose that game tonight. You're minus three hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs>
0: So you're still up on the season money wise, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm still up seventy five thousand on you for this. Season. All right. So first off, I will start off with the bang. I'm going a little bit more conservative this week, man. I'm gonna chip away at Jordan's lead to end up on top in the season. I'm putting twenty five K on the Bengals covering uh the three point spread against the, the Bills. Okay. Bengals
1: they plus or minus three, Seth.
0: They're minus three. Twenty five K on the Bengals minus three against the Bills.
1: Okay. Um, I am going 25 K on the dolphins plus two and a half.
0: Nice dude. Cause I'm going 50 K on the chiefs minus two and a half. Nice. It's going to be a serious swing game, dude. I think the chiefs, I think the chiefs end up beating them by about 10, 13.
1: All right. Chiefs minus two and a half for 50 K 50 K. Yep. Okay. And then my second one, I am going, uh, Cowboys-Eagles over 46.5 for 50K. I just, I think there's going to be... All nice right, are some listener mail? Yeah, absolutely. Let me get it pulled up. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Facebook got rid of like the the featured posting. So now it's like a real pain in the ass pulling these up. All right. So a handful. All right. So John Swallow says, what's your favorite college and pro rivals rivalries to watch? I'll start with college. Dude, my favorite's still Tennessee and Alabama. Always love that. Even before I was a straight up Tennessee native man, third Saturday in October. Ton of great games over the years. You know, during the Knicks saving years, it's really been one sided. But prior to that, there were a ton of years where Tennessee ended up spoiling some Alabama national championship runs. So, for my favorite college rivalry, I'll go Bama Tennessee. How about you, Jordan?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go Nebraska and Oklahoma. Surprise, surprise. Um, I grew up on that, and that was uh that was my shit. So, yeah, that's that'll always be my favorite rivalry, even though they don't play every year anymore.
0: For pro, I got a feeling we're going to have the same thing. I go Falcon Saints, dude. It's been so many classic battles over the years. Like, it seems like that's one of those games that no matter what the records are coming in, it's always a pretty decent game. And there's a ton of vitriol between both the players and the fans. It seems like, you know, a lot of times rivalries, especially in the NFL or something only the fans give a shit about, but it seemed like the players were really invested in the Falcon saints rivalry over the years. So that was the one that was always a ton of fun to watch.
1: Yep. I'm going to exact same. We hate them. They hate us. Like it's just, it, it, it'll never be a pleasant rivalry. We It's always going to be ugly. All right. Zach Hercher says after seven weeks
0: or so of football, what teams are serious contenders and what teams are pretenders? So, what do what do you want to each man, Jordan? Who's your number one the contender you're most confident in right now?
1: Uh I'm gonna go Eagles. I just think, dude, if you look at the top of the AFC, because I'm I got pull it pulled up here. I mean, out of those four top four seeds, like who are you like extremely confident in right now? Like they all have their issues um i just think the eagles are the most complete team and like you said they control the line of scrimmage and that's the biggest thing
0: yeah not to be boring but i 100 percent agree i think even though they've been a little bit you know they haven't been super duper impressive with their actual like you know game by game results so far um i think the success they've had is the most repeatable man like dominating the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball that's always going to, that that's going to put you ahead of the curve and damn near every single Sunday. So I agree. I think the, the Eagles are the strongest contender um, for my pretender, dude, I'm going dolphins, man. The offenses look sick. I hate to say it. Cause I love what they're doing. They're a super fun team to watch. But if you just look every time they've stepped up the difficulty level, they've gotten smacked down and the style of play that they've had historically, it has not translated to, you know, January football. So, I still think I'd love to be proven wrong on this, but I still see the dolphins being a big threat to go like one and done in the playoffs.
1: I'm going Jacksonville. I think this is the most overrated six and two football team of all time. They are not good. I mean, they're good, but they are not like top of the AFC good. And they're right now they're, they're tied for first in the AFC. Well, they're behind the chiefs obviously because they lost to them, but they're not good, man. I, I, my, my, Go ahead. I've watched them play no less than four times, and I've never come away from their game thinking, man, that's an impressive football team.
0: No, I feel that. My one thing with the Jags, I agree with you. They're definitely they're not is they are not as good as like a six and two team. But I think it's Trevor Lawrence really kind of willing this team to victories, dude. I think you know his stats don't necessarily show it, but if you look at some of the plays he's making. Trevor Lawrence is balling out, and I think that's something that does translate to January. So that's why I still got a little bit higher hopes for the Jags come playoff time uh All right. than Jordan. But, All right. I got, but we'll see, man. I got
1: one for you. They let's say they win the AFC North, and let's just say either the Dolphins or the Bills end up with the five seed and they play Jacksonville round one. Who you got?
0: I think they would beat the Dolphins. I think they lose to the Bills. I'm I'm still as much as as bad as that four and three record looks. I'm still very, very confident, dude, that Josh Allen is going to be playing in the Super Bowl this season. Well, they're 5-3, and
1: but either way. um, Same. I I think Jacksonville gets destroyed by either one of those teams, honestly. I don't think they even have a game against either one of those teams. Just my personal opinion. It's been shaky, for sure. One of those teams is going to end up as the 5-seed in the AFC, so not good.
0: All right, Phil done it our friend in the UK, says, is this shit still going on? Yes, dude. And I agree with Sam Rosenthal, who replied to you and said the NFL is better than pretty much any soccer game. Yeah, I would watch the crappiest NFL game over the most hyped up soccer game possible.
1: Phil, just come to the dark side and actually watch like a real man sport or like, fuck, man. I can't say that because they have rugby over there. Fuck. <laughs>
0: He also says, how can a team be world champ if they don't play anyone outside America? I mean, I would say that you could put together the absolute best 53 man roster outside of United States, America players and whatever team wins the Super Bowl would beat them. I'd probably say whichever team wins the college football national championship. <laughs> I was going to say them.
1: Super Bowl like the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL right now, and I'm pretty sure they would paste any team outside of the U.S., yeah,
0: I did like the it's a of skill on an NFL team is ridiculous. I, I had a friend way back in the day that used to argue that like the college football national champion team would beat the the worst team in the NFL. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand, dude. Even like the absolute best college football team, maybe a third of those players are actually going to stick in the NFL as players. You know, like the the level of play in the NFL was just ridiculous.
1: yeah. I don't think, okay, so here's the thing is, I don't think people understand how hard it is just to get to the NFL. Like,
0: yes, dude. dude.
1: The amount of population there is in this entire world and in the amount of players that play in the NFL, like, dude, you're part of, like, the top .0000001% in the world. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm man. telling you right they, now, like, like dude, if, if you took, if let's just say for argument's sake, you took the Eagles and played – Uh, A all-star team of all the world's best players. The Eagles are winning that game by ninety points. Like, yes, man, they're gonna score every time they touch the ball. Just
0: think, pretty much anybody that's playing Division One college football, it was probably the best player on their football team from like pee wee all through high school, and even then, it's a very, very slim fraction of those players that actually make it to the NFL,
1: bro. Let's remind. Let's remind everyone. In 2028, the Olympics are in the United States, and they are doing flag football. And the NFL is absolutely encouraging the players to play. I'm telling you, you watch what that U.S. team does to people just in flag football. They're going to throw Tyreek Hill, Jamar uh, Chase, and Justin Jefferson out on the wing, and have uh, Mahomes just lobbing up balls to him, and they're going to yeah, score yeah. every play. Like. Dude, I don't think people realize like how good the We're NFL so is. We're so far ahead
0: of the curve on this. Yeah, man. Like, I, dude, I always go back. Uh, so going back to basketball, you remember people used to hate on Brian Scalabrini, right? Because he's just like
1: the white, white
0: dude with like a totally average build, right? Does not look impressive physically at all. And I remember people would just talk cash shit on him. And it was a Boston radio station. They actually let three fans yeah. play him one-on-one. <laughs> He beat the combined score of the three games was thirty to one. Like one person got one bucket on him. Like he just straight up dominated him. Like if you're making it to that level in pro sports, you are an absolute incre- incredible with
1: your craft. Yeah, it's the dumbest argument ever. All right, one
0: last question. Our good buddy Sam Rosenthal also says How are your fantasy teams doing? I'll let you guys Know straight up for me the less said the Better I'm actually having probably my worst Fantasy football performance of all time Jordan I'll let you take it away man how are you doing With your mix of teams this year?
1: Um, So it, it's been a bit of a mixed Bag for me I mean I'm in a lot of leagues I'm I'm five and three in my As Seth hates That I say this my big money league like It, it just is I've been in this league for 18 years or something Like that and uh I'm five and three. I'm in tied for second place right now. Um, the Chick Foley League, God, I think my team's bad. Oh, I'm four and four. I won this week, so four and four, not bad. And then, um, the other ones, I'm five and three, and um, I'm four and four in Seth's League. And yeah, it's just been kind of a mixed bag this year. It's been a weird year of fantasy football. I mean, a lot of the guys that I thought were going to be really good either are hurt or just are not performing. So, I don't know. It's weird.
0: All right, so that is a wrap for week eight of the goal line. Uh, after next week, we'll officially be over fifty percent complete with oh. the NFL regular season. It's flown by, huh, dude?
1: I hate it, dude. Like it just it's feels like we so feels man. like we just started this podcast, and then, uh, like I said earlier, about college only having four regular season games left. Just wild, man.
0: Yeah. It, it, football season does. It just flies by, man. Like it seems like you go from the uh, fall, fall just seems like it gets shorter and shorter every year. I don't know if it's global warming or just us getting older and our perception of it, man. But it feels like fall lasts like three weeks. Like we got to it's going to be 32 degrees in the morning tomorrow here, man. So we went straight from we had summer and then like, a, you know, a couple of weeks of a nice, nice fall. And it's already freaking freezing, dude. So. We're going to keep bringing you guys the heat every single week, rest of the year. Uh, Jordan hits with some closing thoughts and we will get out of here for this uh, Halloween Eve episode of the goal line.
1: Yeah, this week we're just going to keep it simple. I hope uh, everybody enjoys their Halloween. Your little trick or treaters. If you have them, have a great night. And Hey man, remember if a, a teenager comes to your door, it's better off that you're giving him candy and he's doing this than doing other things that he could be doing. So just always remember that. Late one night, when my eyes beheld an eerie sight, for my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the, match. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. He did the it got on in a flash. He did the, match. He did the monster mash from my laboratory.